Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Observatory Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with my co-host, Big Daddy Ranks. It's me. How's that one? How's that one? I like it. It's good. All right. It's Walker Kelly. He's here to discuss his Week 10 ranks. If you want to see all of them, you can pause the episode. We're not going anywhere. And go to footballabsurdity.com. Up at the top, there's a button that says Weekly Ranks. Click it, and you'll get all of Walker's ranks. Um, it reminds me of uh, the um, ASAP Fur song, Shabba. I'm not cool enough to know that song. He says, uh, eight gold chains like on Shabba ranks. And <laughs> it made me think like, Eight good ranks, like on Big Daddy Ranks. <laughs> like your Big Daddy Ranks. You got to change your handle to Big Daddy Ranks, I think. Uh, With I an X. Big Daddy Ranks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, let's 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 get this party started. So, um, Walker, let's start with Thursday Night Football. We got the Ravens and the Dolphins. And um, Tuatongo Vailoa missed last week uh, with a finger issue and uh the i remember last week i said if i end up starting ryan Tannehill this week i'm gonna be very mad and you did i did i ended up starting ryan Tannehill this week so you've got tua at 20 and lamar jackson at two is the 20 a, a hedge that he's not going to play or is it a hedge that he's not going to play well um more of a i guess a hedge he's not gonna play well i mean Baltimore is not the easiest matchup for opposing quarterbacks, and he doesn't have a full assortment of weapons at his disposal or a full use of his hand. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I would be avoiding Tua in most formats if you can. Okay, so this isn't a, well, if he plays, you know, if we have def- definite knowledge he plays, he's a top 15 guy, it's a, I am staying away from, from uh, Tua. That's right, yep. All right, sounds good. And then Lamar Jackson, obviously number two, a smash play this week. Tom Brady is the only quarterback you have ranked above him. Uh, what went into that ranking? Because uh, let's see, Dolphins are number six against quarterbacks, it looks like, this year. Really? Because I thought it's a good matchup according to what I was looking at. Yeah, that is a good matchup. Sixth, oh. sixth best matchup. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. 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 That that was pretty much it. I mean, he's one of the top quarterbacks in terms of points per game. He's got a really good matchup. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, Lamar's going to have a big day um, on a short week. I would expect it to be kind of more simple with the play calls. So there could be a lot more Lamar runs, especially with Latavius Murray not playing. Um, I don't know how much the run game is going to be able to get going if it's not Lamar doing it. So, um yeah, I think uh, Miami has struggled on defense, so I think Lamar should take advantage of this matchup. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson, number two, feels bullish, but he is the number two quarterback in points per game this year, so it is right on par with what he's been. Um, so, all right, and um, yeah, I mean, that covers the quarterbacks in this game. So let's move on to the running backs. Some interesting rankings here. You've got Miles Gaskin, 21. Devonta Freeman, 24, Lev Bell, 39, and Savin Ahmed, 43. You mentioned Latavius Murray not playing um, because uh, well, I forget what his malady is, but yeah, he hasn't been practicing. So makes sense that he's out. But Freeman at 24 feels very aggressive. I'm curious if you feel good about that ranking or say he's probably going to get a bunch of touches. Sort of. Uh, I mean, a little bit of both. I wouldn't say I feel amazing about it. Devonta Freeman is old and not very good anymore. But um, he'll get the most work out of that backfield. And 
this doesn't seem like a defense that can really consistently stop the, the Ravens. So I would expect the Ravens to be in the red zone quite a few times. There's a good chance he gets in the end zone. He'll probably catch a pass or two. He'll get double-digit carries. And Miami's run defense hasn't been very good this year either. So, um, yeah, I mean, due to the volume and the matchup, I'll, uh, you know, I think he's a good, like, back-end RB2 slash flex play. Okay. And so you have Miles Gaskin at 21 in this game. Uh, 20 touches or 20 carries for 34 yards last week. Obviously not great, but I do like the 20 carries and and seven targets. Do you see that volume keeping up, or do you think they they might go away from that a little bit? No, there's no way he's getting 27. There's no way he's getting 27 opportunities again this season. That's not happening. Um, oh, come on. No, no, not happening. But uh, his workload will continue to be bigger than it was when Malcolm Brown was around um, because he's clearly a better player than Salvan Ahmed, um, especially running the football. Um they just didn't have anybody who could do anything on the ground last week. Um, I'm not really sure why. Cause it's not like Houston is a great, you know, run defense team. They just didn't do it well. But um, Gaskin will get plenty enough work against a Baltimore defense that can't cover running backs. So um, I think he should be pretty effective in the passing game. He'll get a good amount of volume on the ground. Um and while he might be a little bit inefficient, it should be enough to get him inside the top 24. Yeah, uh, something I dug up today, fantasy points per target to running backs. Uh, Ravens rank fourth in the league, so they are very inefficient at stopping the uh, the opposing running back uh, through the air. So definitely a Gaskin, something that helps Gaskin. And then Lev Bell, Savin Ahmed, both just like deep league desperation flexes, not advisable starts. Yep. All right, so let's move on to the wide receivers in this one. We got Hollywood Brown at 11, Jalen Waddle at 23, and Rashad Bateman at 31. I want to talk about Rashad Bateman at 31 because it's his fourth NFL game, and um, he was he's only rostered about 30% of leagues, which means he got to be one of my streamers this week, and he is like the streamer, I think, this week, the streamer wide receiver. So uh, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, Rashad Bateman here? All right. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, I think the next best streamer is probably Deontay Harris. Um, he's uh, he's also in my in my uh, my streamers we this week. Well, let's let's see if I can get the third. The third one is like the one that's owned in one percent of leagues, right? Yeah, it's under ten percent. Under ten. Um, Kendrick Bourne. No, that's a good option though. Yeah. You'll be Who surprised. It? He's only rostered in this few leagues. Oh, uh, Peoples Jones. Jamal Agnew. Oh, okay. Yeah. Agnew yeah. would be my third best streamer. I just did, figured he was owned in more leagues than that. Yeah, I was, I was going through because I go through and I, I you know, I, I do my little thing and I was like, wait, Jamal yeah. Agnew, 10 percent. I was like, done. Take it. Oh, yeah. We're sticking yeah. him in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not not going to look a gift horse in the mouth there. Yeah. Um, Bateman is uh, he just he looks really solid. I mean, they're using him in a multitude of different areas on the field. His first game back, he was kind of a short area target. Then they gave him some opportunities down the field. And then his next game this past week, he was kind of just all over the place, filling in where they needed him. Um, They've completely streamlined their passing offense, really. It's Brown, Andrews, and Bateman. And that's basically it. Um, Those guys get like... They all are getting, I think, around a 20 to 25% target share. And then a bunch of other guys get like one or two targets a game. So 
it's, I mean, and Bateman's looked good. I mean, they, they continue to just kind of throw him out there, you know, throw him to the wolves and say, like, figure it out, kid. And he's doing it. Um, he, mm-hmm. He's been really solid. Um, both of his both of his last two weeks, he's had double-digit points. Um, and he looks good at doing it. Um, he hasn't even scored a touchdown yet, and he's still getting you double-digit points. So that's why I think he's a really, a really good wide receiver three play this week. I'm playing yeah. him in two leagues, actually. Yeah, I'm lighting him up wherever I have him. Uh, and he's done it, yeah, without taking away from Marquise Brown or Mark Andrews, who have 31 and 23 targets in his last two games, in the last three games. So it all feels very, very viable for Rashad Bateman going forward. Um, and then Hollywood Brown at 11, obviously um, a must start uh, wide receiver one. Uh, Dolphins defense, very bad um, just overall. And then uh, Jalen Waddle, 23, pure volume play here. Cause he's yeah. Mike and I were talking yesterday. He seems to be, the supersized version of the Hunter Renfro, Cole Beasley, um, Jacoby Myers type player was just a ton yeah. of targets. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's basically just like, what if Hunter Renfro was much more athletic and like, at, and just like naturally gifted. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, I mean, with Parker on IR, Fuller's not back. Their number two receivers, Matt Collins right now. And that's just, it doesn't really matter. Um, Waddle is almost a lock to get double-digit targets every game right now. And all he's got to do is catch half of those for, like, 10 yards a target, and you're in double digits, even if he doesn't get in the end zone. So, yeah, I mean, his his volume makes him, at worst, like a high-end flex every week right now. Yeah, he feels a lot like, um, I mean, another Miami player, but uh, Jarvis Landry when he was with Miami. Or yeah. it's just, like, not a lot of... of air yards not a lot of stuff going far downfield but it's like oh you're you're gonna get three targets in the first quarter and you know walk out of that quarter with three for 30 and then go from there and uh yeah over the last four games ten and a half targets seven receptions and 66 yards per game so uh very good go. showing so far for uh Jalen Waddle. um tight ends both must starts in this one Mark Andrews four Mike Kosicki five uh, both have been studs this year. Both have good matchups. I think this is going to be a uh, – we're going to see a lot of Mike Gesicki and Mark Andrews. Yeah, I, I agree. I would expect uh, Andrews probably going to get something around seven, eight targets. He'll get used a lot uh, near the end zone. And, uh, yeah, I would expect Gesicki to be second on the Dolphins and targets, probably in the high single digits range, eight or nine. Yeah. So it's definitely one of those situations where um, – yeah, if you if you have them, go ahead and light them up. Don't 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 get cute because you they could lead your week this week, like in terms of uh, points over expected. Yep. Yeah. So, um, all right, that's it for uh, the Thursday night football game. Uh, anything else you wanted to add about these guys? Um, no. I mean, I I think that there's you got your guys that you definitely need to have in your lineup, uh, which are Lamar, Marquise, Waddle, uh. And then the tight ends, Andrews and Kosicki. Um, Gaskin and Freeman, I think you're playing unless you have, like, a really solid stable of running backs. And uh, then Bateman, in any league that's deeper than two receivers, uh, should definitely be in your lineup. Otherwise, I would probably not play anybody else in the game. Okay. Sounds good. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to your overall ranks for this week, uh, like we normally do. And... 
Um, let's start with, I had a question about Aaron Rodgers at 11. Is that assuming he plays or is that hedging that uh, he might not play? Because he said there's a small possibility he doesn't play this week. No, that's not a hedge. Um, okay. I don't ha- I don't hedge with my rankings. If I don't think a guy is... If I don't think a guy's going to play, I just don't put him in the rankings. And then if it comes out that he surprisingly is going to play, I'll adjust it later in the week and throw him in there. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just don't. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a super high-scoring game. Um, I, I just, it's getting colder in Green Bay. Seattle's coming over. It. Seattle's defense has been playing better. I both teams are kind of just like average matchups against. Uh, against quarterbacks, Rodgers really hasn't been a fantasy stud this year. He's just kind of been a back end QB one. So I have him ranked as a back end QB one. I mean, I've like it's just that's that's the way it is right now. All right, sounds good. And then um, I'll ask the question: Who is the hardest rank for you this week? Mahomes. Mahomes, who you have um, at? Oh my gosh, where is he? Oh, eight. eight. Wow. Eight at Vegas. So what went yeah. into that? He's been not great. I know. He's been really bad lately, um, but he's Patrick Mahomes, and it's so hard not to rank him in the top five just automatically because any week it seems like he could throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. But Vegas has actually been pretty good against opposing quarterbacks. This They're, they're top ten in least amount of fantasy points given up to opposing quarterbacks. Um, and the Chiefs offense is just broken right now, and I, I don't know if they're going to be able to fix it in just this week. Um, the familiarity with the with the Raiders might help a little bit, but I just don't see this being like a big blow-up game for, for Mahomes. Regardless, the Raiders haven't really given up those. Mm-hmm. So I, you're still starting Patrick Mahomes, but I I don't know how confident you are in it right now. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel where it's like, you drafted Patrick Mahomes for a reason. You're not, how stupid would you feel if you benched Patrick Mahomes for like a Kirk Cousins or a Carson Wentz? And then all of a sudden it's like, oops, Patrick Mahomes is himself again. And you left those points on the bench. So if you right. have him, you pretty much have to start him at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, one one rank that I was kind of shocked by was Justin Herbert at six. But he's actually fifth in points per game this year. So quietly just been cruising along um for justin herbert um so who was who is your sneaky start out of the quarterbacks this week uh trevor lawrence okay uh number 15 at indy yeah i think that uh i think that lawrence could have put up a pretty solid game i i feel like this game might follow the script of last week where the colts kind of get out to an early lead and then they just play like really soft defense the rest of the game because they have so many injuries in the secondary. Um, I don't expect the Jaguars defense to have another performance this week like they did last week. That was a lot of, uh, that was more Bills incompetence for a weird week than anything the Jaguars did differently. Um, So I think Lawrence is going to be playing from behind and this is not a good secondary whatsoever. Um, James Robinson's still going to be banged up. He's going to play, but the Colts' run defense is really good, and the pass defense is really bad. So pretty much any quarterback that plays them is going to have to throw a little bit to you know, to compete in the game. Um, Lawrence can definitely sling it around, make some big plays. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see something like three touchdowns, two picks, or something like that. But um, 
yeah, he uh, he and Marvin Jones, in my opinion, are a good like DFS stack because the ownership is going to be so low. Yeah, because nobody wants any part of it, and um, especially with um, Marvin Jones, you know, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, go ahead, drop Marvin Jones now." And I was like, "What? Are you, what are don't you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. Mar- Marvin Jones has one bad week. Like he he's had what three bad weeks this year. I mean, yeah. he's still he's still a top. 30 receiver on the season, isn't he? Yeah, and even with his bad weeks, it's like last week was the only time he had like a bad week and didn't get a ton of targets. Like the three games before that, eight, ten, and six targets. So, yeah, this happens every. Actually, there's a pattern. It's not so nine, eleven, eight, three. This is targets. Six, ten, eight, five. So it's like he just has to take a week off, move the ball around. And Trevor Lawrence is not only in my streaming interest this week, he is the, I put the little dumb pun in the title, and the title is I Fought T-Law and T-Law Won. So, uh, so uh, yeah, uh, full agreement there. And so who is your tough sit among the quarterbacks this week? Uh, let's see. Tough sit. Yeah. I, I don't uh, know if there is one really. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll say Ryan Tannehill because based on his uh based on his preseason rank and the fact that he's a pretty good football player, um, he's a guy that you'd want to start. And I think some mm-hmm. people might try to entertain it because Matt Ryan lit up the Saints last week. Um, but the Saints defense is still good. Like this, that was a weird aberration week that everybody has. Um, the Falcon Saints games are always like completely insane. That's what I was gonna say. Those games are always weird. Yeah, like nothing ever makes sense when those two teams play each other. They hate each other. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I, I I would expect the season long trend to hold, and for Tannehill to not do a whole lot against the Saints defense. So I guess just a reminder, like don't get suckered in by the Saints having a bad week and being like, well, I could probably roll Tannehill out there. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, and um, I'm curious uh, what we think the Titans uh, – well, I, this is what I want to talk about on Friday um, in the main feed, but I'm curious what the uh, the Titans look like going forward because that first game was not indicative of what they're going to do because uh, Matt Stafford just went full insane uh, for like yeah. two plays, and it set the tone for the whole game. Yeah, the Titans, uh, they had under 200 yards for the game. Mm-hmm. And they won by, like they were up twenty eight nine until like there was two minutes to go. Like yeah. it was, it they they honestly got outplayed for most of the game and won comfortably. It was very weird to watch, but um, yeah, I I don't really know because they didn't really do anything. Um, yeah, exactly. It was so, it's yeah. kind of like the Jags where they found themselves up on a team they didn't really expect to be up by. So they kind of just did whatever they could to maintain that lead. Um, So the game plan probably got thrown out the window. So um, anything else you want to mention with these quarterbacks? Again, ranks at footballabsurdity.com button at the top says weekly ranks. Uh, Yeah, I wouldn't be afraid of Matthew Stafford um, after a bad week. He's still been really good largely this season um, facing a San Fran defense that just got shredded by Colt McCoy. So fire up your Stafford. Yeah, I love Sorry, it. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Not only a defense that just got shredded by Colt McCoy, but 
Josh Norman. Actually, this might help the Niners, but Josh Norman has broken ribs. So that means the starting quarterbacks are going to be Emmanuel Mosley, K1 Williams, who's actually pretty good in the slot, and then uh, Diamador Lenore. Um, oh. Yeah. So we cool might name, actually. Completely unproven player. Exactly. And we might actually finally see Ambry Thomas again. Um, oh, and he's bad. Yeah, I know, but. <laughs> he is awful. So so is everybody else the Niners drafted in the first three rounds. Um, they drafted and, him in the third round? Yeah. He was so bad at Michigan. They drafted him at the back of the third. Him and Trey Sermon just lit their third round on fire, baby. Woo. And their oh, second round fair, pick. Who was their second round pick? Aaron Banks, who has not oh, been yeah. at a single Banks game is, this year. Yeah, Banks is awful. Yeah, um, and 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 Hanna goes, well, he's too big to do what we want him to do, so we're working on that. Why you, draft him then? You drafted a mountain, and then you're complaining that he's too big. Yeah, let's draft a giant guy and then tell him to, you better get smaller. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Matt, that all of that is to say, Matthew Stafford uh, at five might be too low. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's a must start this week. So uh, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the running backs. Um, here is, so you've got James Connor at 11, uh, no chase Edmonds. Now this is kind of the big story. Um, and you, uh, have, uh, Eno Benjamin at 41. I'm curious, um, what you see the role being for both Connor and Eno Benjamin, because I see a world where Eno Benjamin just becomes chase Edmonds, where they just keep James Connor in that same role. No, that's not going to happen. Okay. I'll tell you why it's not going to happen. It's because Eno Benjamin sucks. All right. Well, there he's you go. Awful. Um, he's awful. I've watched plenty of this guy in college. Um, he was never very good in college. Everybody went insane about him because he had, like, two cool plays at Arizona State, and the running back class didn't seem very strong. And so he was just, like, fired up as, like, everybody's sleeper, like, third or fourth round pick that's going to be good eventually. Um he had one good run last week against a team that looked like they'd given up. It was, I, I just, I, I don't think this guy is any good. I mean, he's been running behind Jonathan Ward on the depth chart for most of his career, which is uh, bad. That's not yes. good. Um, so, no, I, I would expect it to be a lot of what we saw last week, which is after Edmonds went down, Connor just got all the work and Benjamin was the backup. And uh, I, I, the only reason I have him at 41 and not even lower is because they're, they might get him involved a little bit more in the passing game because he can catch the ball okay. Um, but Connor can also do that. Like, he's fine as a pass catcher. So I would expect this to be mostly Connor's backfield for the, for the time that Edmonds is out. Um, I have him outside the top 10 because Carolina isn't a good matchup for running backs, but... Um, yeah, Connor should have a, a quite a solid week because he's going to get big volume. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that about catching the ball with James Connor, because when the uh, Steelers turned it over to him, um, he got a lot of targets. Like he was not an, an untargeted guy in Pittsburgh. He averaged uh, over four targets per game uh, when he was the mm. starter. And one year he had 71 targets in what's this uh 13 games so yeah, I mean, he's like the guy i have right below him is josh jacobs like james connor is not, this is not going to be a josh jacobs situation yeah like, it's like 18 carries and one target like 
he's probably going to get like 16 carries and four targets or something. Yeah, and and that's that's more James Conner's wheelhouse is is um you know a lot of carries and some targets. So yep. um yeah, so you have him at 11 behind DeAndre Swift and Cordero Patterson. Um but I want to hear about Dearest Johnson 15 at New England. I want you to talk a little bit about that. Nick Chubb on the COVID IR um as well as um I'm completely blanking on the other Green. person. Kareem Hunt. Uh, well, Kareem Hunt's on uh, Demetri Felton. Yeah, Felton's yeah. on COVID IR too. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's the man in in um, Cleveland this week, but they signed Brian Hill, so he continues to be the man in Cleveland this week. That's correct. Yeah. Um, Brian Hill will get like four touches and for seven yards. And I wouldn't be surprised if they used Andy Yanovich on third downs on occasion, just as like a blocker slash safety valve pass catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of Dearness Johnson. New England is a good defense and they will key on him. Obviously they'll, they'll know what they're doing, but their volume is going to be so high and New England is actually statistically just okay against running backs. Although they have been getting better. Um, I, I can't put him as an RB one because it's just, it's still basically a one game sample size. Like we saw this guy last year and he was really bad. And then we saw him this year for one game and he played a run defense that had no healthy linebackers and looked amazing because he was running, he's running behind maybe the best offensive line in the league facing the worst linebacking core that has played in the NFL this season. Um, I'm not going to go ahead and make any like, proclamations based on that like I'm still playing guys like Jacobs Fournette Henderson ahead of him um but once you get out of that like area where it's guys who have been solid starters all season then he's the top option because the volume is going to be ridiculous okay sounds good to me so um who was your hardest rank among running backs this week Mm, let's see I'm kind of feeling this Brandon Bolden at 28 seems. Oh, I love that ranking. Yeah, that's that's a that's an injury ranking for the most part. Um, yeah. I would say one of my one of my really tough ones was Devin Singletary. Okay, so Devin Singletary, who you have at 20, wow, against the Jets, because Zach Moss went out with was it a concussion? Yeah, Moss doesn't look like he's going to be able to clear the concussion protocol before the game, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so it's really just trying to figure out, like, what matters more, the Jets being terrible against running backs or Devin Singletary being really bad at football. I Like, the Bills can't do anything with the running backs. They're so bad at it. Like, Zach Moss had those, like, three games early in the season where he got a bunch of fluky touchdowns, and then it's been right back to how it was last season where the running backs are just useless. Um, Singletary is... He's going to get, you know, reasonable amount of volume here, um, but they still don't use him in the red zone. And I'm assuming it's probably just going to be Josh Allen runs it in if there's the option for that, because Singletary is just not good in short yardage situations because yeah. he's small and slow. Um, uh, he's he's decent at catching the ball. He's got a little bit of, of shifty shiftiness to him, so. I still think he's a guy that if you've got him, you probably should play him because the matchup is so good. But 
I wouldn't be expecting a massive game. Like, I think his ceiling is like what Naheem Hines did last week. The problem is that Hines is much more explosive than Singletary is. So you're looking at like a, you know, 12 carries, five catches, averages four yards a touch. And so you're at like 11 points. Yeah. And it's in that cobbled together uh, type. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like the Michael Carter, Miles Gaskin, Daryl Williams kind of game where it just kind of like gets enough work to figure it out. Okay. Sounds good. So uh, who would be your sneaky start for this week? Is it Brandon Bolden? It's Brandon Bolden. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I really like Brandon Bolden this week. Uh, they trust him as a pass catcher. Damian Harris is probably not going to play. Ramondre Stevenson's probably not going to play. Um, so you're looking at Bolden and JJ Taylor as the only healthy running backs in that backfield right now. Um, and Bolden is the more trustworthy option. Um, Taylor is a bit more explosive and he might get more carries, but Bolden is much more safe as a pass protector, as a pass catcher. So I'm expecting, uh, I'm expecting Bolden to get, probably close to double digit carries if not double digit carries um he's probably going to be in that five six target range um i don't know how efficient it'll be he's not you know an amazing football player or anything but i just think that he's a guy you should be playing um Mm -hmm. it's it's enough volume that it just it makes sense to get him in there as your flex yeah and it's enough volume and and he was a guy I wrote about in my sleepers this week. Um, 28% rostered right now. Um, the Browns on paper, like if you just look at ranks, they're a bad matchup. But uh, with Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa um, on the shelf for the last three weeks, they've actually been a very good matchup for running backs. And he's designated to return from IR, but they're not like bullish on him playing this weekend. So even if he does play, I think he'll, you know, he won't be back at full strength. So uh, I am co-signing this Brandon Bolden um, rank, but here's, here's, here's a question for you. So if Damian Harris clears, does not clear protocol, Ramondre Stevenson does, how does that change your feelings on Brandon Bolden? Um, maybe he takes a slight hit, but I'd still be, I'd still put him in the flex. Um, okay. I think I think a banged up Ramondre Stevenson probably doesn't cut into Bolden very much. He would cut more into Taylor. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, because Ramondre is ten percent rostered. So if you'd said I would make that flip, then that that's something worth worth uh, discussing. So uh, who is your tough sit this week? And is it I'm gonna guess here, um, Antonio Gibson, Tampa Bay, twenty three. No, because I think that one is pretty. I, I think that's sensible at this point. Okay. He just hasn't gotten yeah. a ton of, he doesn't get a ton of work because they're behind a lot. And uh, Tampa Bay's run defense is outstanding. Now I'm going to kind of just make a point here with my uh, tough sit. And that's, I don't care what situation you're in. Please do not play Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Number 37. Like I know this, this is two Titans in a row. I get it. But like, Adrian Peterson is like, I see him. He's in like the top 25 of the ESPN point projections for the game. He had like six carries last week. Um, He fell in the end zone. And that's the only reason why his, his stat line looked decent. He's not good. 
he's mm-hmm. he's not good anymore. He he runs directly into like we saw it last week. He runs directly into the line as fast as he can because that's all he can do anymore. Um, he has no agility. His top end speed's gone. He just slams his, his big frame into the line and hopes to fall forward for as much yardage as he can. Um, and he doesn't catch any passes ever. So the only way Adrian Peterson is worth playing is if he scores. And against New Orleans, that's less likely than it would be against a lot of teams. So I'm avoiding Adrian Peterson everywhere. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's fair. It's He's just bad. He's not good, and he got people who started him got bailed out last week. So, um, all right, let's go ahead. Unless there's something else you want to talk about with the running backs? Uh, no, I, I think I'm all right. Well, actually, it, in the like disgusting, awful bottom of the barrel garbage play of the week, um, Jordan Howard, I guess. It sucks. 29. Yeah. yeah it's, it sucks. Uh, uh, he's not good. Um, but for some reason he's getting more carries than anybody in that backfield right now. So yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's not good. He's, <laughs> it's bad. he's bad. It's not fun to watch. Don't watch it. But if you're desperate, he's, he is your RB two. Wouldn't be awful. He does have a good chance at a touchdown. Yeah, I would say so. Um, all right, let's move on to wide receivers. Um, the player that I kind of wanted to highlight, um, I did we talk about him last week? Mike Williams. We talk so much. I'm not sure when we talk about uh, guys or not. Uh, I think we like mentioned him a little, but not a whole lot. Yeah, Mike Williams has been falling apart at the seams. Um, he is getting his his usage. I wish I could remember where I saw this because I want to credit them. But his usage is starting to be downfield more. Um, yeah, it, yep. I, I did see, I saw that too, and I can't remember who tweeted it, but yeah, it's a, uh, it might've been Jacob Sanderson. I'm not sure, but um, okay. I'll, I'll try to find it. But yeah, he's uh, his usage for, for the first like five weeks when he was going nuts was his a dot was like right around 10, which is like normal for a high end receiver. Um, his a dot is back to like 16, which is your exclusive deep threat type stuff which is this is what it's been his whole career. Um, it's all of a sudden there, and I don't know, maybe it coincided with them losing games or something, but um, they've started to just send Williams down the field to clear everything out and then throw to Allen and Eckler a bunch. And they've been winning. So I, I don't know if I don't know if that's going to change. I mean, this is a good matchup. Um, against Minnesota, so there's a good chance Williams gets in the end zone or, or pops a big play. So, and he's shown enough this season that you can comfortably call him a good football player. So mm-hmm. that's why I'll have him in the top. You know, I got him at 17. But um, yeah, I, in bad matchups, he's probably going to be outside the top 24 going forward unless his usage goes back to the way it was at the start of the year. If if he's being used like that, he's a top 12 guy. If he's being used like Mike Williams previous the rest of his career, then he's like in that 30 range. Yeah, and that's where he belongs, honestly, because the big change, uh, if they do that, I mean, because the big change was the usage. So I was looking through, uh, I I don't believe it was Jacob Sanderson, but I did find um, somebody else mentioning it. 
This is Josh Shepardson. It's not what we saw, but he just tweeted it out an hour ago. Um, his A dot last week was 13.4 um, after being, like you said, around 10 to, to begin the season. So it's definitely spiking up um, upwards. Um, and he CC'd friend of the show, Frank Amarante, on this tweet for some reason. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we will go ahead and, uh, um, see how that goes. I want Mike Williams to be good, but I am conceding he might not go for a thousand and ten Walker. Mm. <laughs> what a we, shock. Uh, I am yeah. so shocked. Yeah. Cause, uh, I, I crowed a little too early and the gods smacked me down. So, uh, who is your hardest rank this week at wide receiver? Hmm. Can you guess it? I'm looking. I'm thinking this DJ Moore at Arizona is yep. sticking out to me. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. Yeah. DJ Moore is really good at football. Um, I, I did say, I said on Twitter, I think to um, Tyler Justin Carp that uh, I don't think he's an elite talent, which I don't, but he's still very good. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense is very bad though. Um, Sam Darnold sucks. It, it's we I, I think we can officially say it now he's real bad um yeah. this dude is not good and going to pj walker is not really going to help he's also not good so horrible he's really bad it's <laughs> crazy how incredible he looked in the what was it, the aaf yeah he was, I think it was ridiculous the... or it was the, or was it the xfl i can't remember oh i think he was the xfl mvp i thought he was the aaf mvp but I no, the, the league folded before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He went yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was the XFL MVP. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. He yeah. went absolutely insane. Like, he was incredible and looked like a legit NFL backup. Mm-hmm. And he's played in two games now, and he's been awful both times he's played. Like, last year, he won a game against the Lions, like, 21 to nothing, and was horrendous. Um, it, it, It's not good. So... The offense is just incapable of getting any receiver the ball with any sort of consistency. So despite Moore being the highest targeted player on the team and being good at football, I cannot in good conscience recommend you play him as a top 24 option against an Arizona defense that's been really good this season. Mm -hmm. I mean, Byron Murphy is turning into a star, and that's who Moore is going to see. He's going to see a lot of Byron Murphy all game. And I don't think Sam Darnold or PJ Walker are going to be able to consistently find him. Um, he could, if he gets lost in like a mesh or something or breaks a couple tackles after a catch, he could break off a big play, but he's not a touchdown guy. So if he's not going to be open all the time, you're probably going to be looking at like a, you know, your best case scenario is like a four for 80. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's that's... Just not, he's just not a, He's a wide receiver three right now, and it stinks because he's way better than that as a player. But the offense is just awful. Yeah, he's he's a good football player, but he's not a transcendent one who can overcome the rest of the offense not being that good. You know, like you have A.J. Brown at six and, you know, we don't know what the offense is going to be, but that's because A.J. Brown is transcendent. So no matter what happens, absurd. Yeah, you can you can chunk off what he'll do. And that's just, yeah, he falls in that ballpark of like Amari Cooper, where it's like he's really good, but also he could fall off the map if the offense falls apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, just a couple guys I wanted to highlight here. Quick question for you. You've got um, Jerry Judy at 30 against Philly and then Cortland Sutton at 37 against Philly. So in two wide receiver leagues, 
um, you wouldn't be starting either of them if you could help if you did it right. Yeah, um, Philly's secondary has looked a lot better lately. Um, Darius Slay is playing like an All Pro again. Um, Avante Maddox has been really good in the in the slot. Um, their safeties have been playing better. Um, they've been playing Marcus Epps less, which I think is that's what has changed it because he's yeah. awful. Um, but yeah, Philly's been solid in the secondary lately. I I think that's a game. Um, you know, I guess spoiler alert for Friday, but I, I think Philly's going to go to Denver and win this game. Um, I just don't I don't like the matchup for Denver at all. Um, Denver is much better at playing like teams that can really throw the ball around. Um, and I, I, I just don't see them being good enough to replicate that performance from last week on any sort of consistent basis. Um, and I, I don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball very well in this game. So, uh, yeah, I, I, Judy's the best play of these receivers, but what are you laughing at? I just got a, a, a text from my buddy who actually listens to the show. He said, I just saw that you have a troll account. First of all, congratulations. Second of all, maybe you can blame your Daniel Jones takes from the preseason on him. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Yeah. Um, who would who would I need to blame? What what player did I was I most wrong about? I'm trying to think. Uh, let's see. Um, I was actually looking at our preseason takes uh, the other day because we have them in the in the show sheet. There was one. Your, yours were pretty good, but I think there was one where I was like, "Come on, Walker." Uh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure I had at least one where I was like way out on a limb on some guy that's just not good. Uh, you had the offensive rookie of the year as Trey Lance. Um, oh yeah, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you had what was it? It was one guy. Actually, your takes were pretty good. Now I'm looking at it. That might have been the only one. Oh, Diggs won. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That, I think that's the one that I've been most wrong about. I thought Stefan Diggs was going to be nuts this year, and he's been uh, not great. No, not great. And then, like, all of us got boned by CMC getting hurt. So, um, yeah, yeah that, one, that one doesn't really count. But your flag, quarter, your flag players, except for Ryan Tannehill, which I can't give you crap for because mine too. Swift, Cup, and Gesicki. Really good. We're looking really good. Really good. Yeah, looking good. So, um Mike's was Mike had Michael Pittman as one of his, so Woo, shout out to him. Yeah, go. yeah, let's go. Um, I'm super Brand- good at this sometimes. Yeah, I had Brandon Cooks, obviously. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love so, Brandon Cooks, ranked number. Like not playing. Yeah, ranked number sitting at home. Yeah, he um, is on by. Do not put him in your lineup. Please do not start Brandon Cooks. This is the only week where I will play. Do <laughs> yeah, not exactly. start Brandon Cooks. Avoiding Brandon Cooks in all formats. <laughs> I should that that would be a great bit. Is every week uh, tweeting out players on by being like, <laughs> would not start these players in any format. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, God. Who's on who, Who's on by this week? That's that's good. Uh, God. Yeah. Would not start Saquon Barkley in any format this week. <laughs> let's see, week ten buys. Let's see who. Let's see who's on by this week. Uh, would not start. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say it. I will not start Jamar Chase this week. I mean, I, I can't. I can't argue with you. And I, I think. Uh, I don't think you can play Joe Mixon either. Yeah. No. I. I. I don't. I don't see how this offense scores a single point this week. I really. I can't imagine a scenario where it happens. I, yeah. It's crazy to say, I know, but yeah, it's wild. It's pretty wild. Um, 
But uh, all right, let's let's talk about um, uh, who at wide receiver is your sneaky start this week. Marvin Jones, baby. We talked about him a little bit already. So you've got Marvin Jones. Where is he? 24. 24. All right. Very bullish. I like it. Yeah. Um, Jones is in a really good situation to have a good week this week. Um, the While they did win last week, the offense was really bad. And it coincided with the offense got worse when they didn't give Marvin Jones as many targets. And I think that Daryl Bevel is smart enough to realize that. Um, he knows what he's got in Marvin Jones. He had him last season with Detroit. I just I, I think that I, I think Marvin's going to get fed more than five targets, probably around that eight range. Indy is not good. Um, I, I'm looking at another maybe like six for seventy in a touchdown type game mm-hmm. for for Marvin. He's yeah he he's a guy who I I think at least in every like three receiver league he should absolutely be in your lineup, and even in two receiver leagues he's a consideration, especially as a flex guy. Yeah, Marvin Jones is, this doesn't feel like a guy you can figure out how to get out of your lineup in a three-wide receiver league. You'd have to be very, very stacked to make that happen. Like, you have had to hit on, like, Michael Pittman and Jalen Waddle in addition to, like, A.J. Brown. So, uh, very difficult to get him out of your lineup this week. So, who is your tough sit this week for the wide receivers? Cortland Sutton. All right, so yeah, thirty-seven. We kind of already talked about that situation with what I what I asked about before. So, yeah, yeah. Um, just a just a consideration is that uh, when Judy plays, Sutton has kind of been taking a back seat, which is unfortunate because I don't really think the talent difference is much. They're different types of players, but um, they're both good. It's just that there's not enough targets in mm-hmm. their like medium volume passing offense for. Sutton, Judy, Patrick, and Fant to all be good. Yeah, and um, you mentioned so, Fant back from COVID IR this week. People right. Have seen, so yeah. you know Fant's going to get his six targets. Judy's going to get eight. Um, Patrick's going to get his like four or five as the deep threat. Um, so you're left with Sutton's probably going to get somewhere like five, six targets going forward, and this isn't a good matchup. So I don't expect him to do a whole lot. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So uh, anything else you want to talk about before we move on to tight ends, which honestly I think can be a quick run through on tight ends. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I think you should be paying attention to Deontay Harris right now. Um, Mm -hmm. He's not playing a ton of snaps, but when he's out there, he's getting absolutely peppered with targets. He's obviously the best receiver on the team. Um, Yeah. He's way better than Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith. He's really, really good with the ball in his hands. He's just tiny. So he has to be kind of manufactured uh, looks at in ways that the bigger receivers not, aren't necessarily. But Tennessee is not a very good defense. Um, and Simeon is loving Deontay Harris. So I would uh, I, I would definitely be if you're streaming, streaming Deontay Harris is a, a ideal right now. He's in the rest of the season. He could be pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, Deontay Harris is a guy that's been on my radar because uh, of the return yards league that I play in, because mm-hmm. so I drafted him, and um, he sneakily had a ton of targets. It's just 
Uh, he had eight in week four. Then he left after one target with a hamstring injury in week five, which happened to be a 72 yard touchdown. And then they had their bye, and then yeah, 15 targets the last two games. Um, but yeah, he is a sneaky, shifty kind of guy. Um, and he's also been on my radar since he absolutely torched the Niners in 2019 in the uh, George, that George, it became the George Kittle game, but could have easily been the Deontay Harris game. He had 155 yards on kick returns against them and 37 more on two punt returns. He crushed the Niners that day. So, uh, yeah, he's a little guy, but he's extremely athletic. He's a lot of fun to watch. Um, so, all right, let's move on to tight ends really quick. No, nothing shocking at the top. Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, Andrews. Gasicki over Hawkinson makes sense to me, given the matchup. Um, honestly, this, 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 all of this makes a lot of sense. I do want to ask you about um, Dan Arnold at 12 and then Pat Firemuth at 14. Those seem to be the two big uh, tight ends that uh, people have kind of flocked to in the last few weeks. And you had Dallas Goddard between them just for completion of sake. So what has you putting Dan Arnold above Pat Firemuth? Is it just the fact that Dan Arnold has so many targets lately? Yeah, Arnold is more volume. Um, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, um, Fryermuth gets more end zone looks, but he's just getting a lot less work overall. And Detroit is better against tight ends than India's. Okay, yeah. And I wrote, um, if people want to check it out on the website, I wrote a whole breakdown of Dan Arnold this week. Since his second game, because his first game he got traded for on like Monday on a short week. He yeah, had two targets. Yeah, since then he's like top eight in like every tight end of um, opportunity statistic. Like yeah, my dad, yeah. My dad is playing like every week now he's playing both Waller and Arnold. Oh my God. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, Dan Arnold's been, been pretty good, but the thing that's the only thing that's keeping him down is no touchdowns, which we talked about. We think that, um, you know, against Indy, that uh, Trevor Lawrence should have a good week. So maybe this is the week the touchdown comes. And then Fryermuth, I uh, just wanted to talk about uh, Fryermuth a little bit. Um, he is very good at football. Yeah. Um, he got overshadowed because everybody just wanted to talk about Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you watch Monday Night Football, you saw the two touchdowns, but he has 20 targets in his last three games. And I say that because that's when Juju went out and that's when his snaps shot up from about 50 to game 50 per game to 60%, 78%, 71%. So um, also a good start this week, in my opinion. So who was your hardest rank this week, Walker? Uh, I mean, it was tough to put Kyle Pitts down at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a bad matchup against Dallas at all. Uh, it's just really it comes down to Kittle's back and – Looked really good last week, even on a on a like a snap count mm-hmm. um, or snap limitation, I guess. And uh, Gesicki's just been really damn good this year, and he's got an incredibly good matchup. So, you know, and Hawkinson gets more volume. So, you know, with fairly similar matchups, it just he just kind of ended up there. I, I I didn't feel comfortable moving him any higher. Um, that's not to say you shouldn't play him. You absolutely should. It's just I want to. I guess I want to make sure I, I mention that because he's not in the top six tight ends. So when you're getting down to that back end tight end one type deal, a lot of people start to think like, well, should I be like, you know, should I be moving away from this guy or is he kind of like more of a blob guy? No, no. Kyle no. Pitts is. He's not. He's not anywhere near that. He he's. 
he, he's a top tier tight end. It's just that the tier got fixed. Right, right. There's just more guys in that yeah. tier now. There, there's seven top tier tight ends now because Mike Gesicki has risen to that level. I don't know if he's on talent, a top six or seven tight end, but on volume and fantasy production, he is. Yeah, it's that sort of thing where I was actually kind of thinking about this earlier this week where there are a lot more very good tight ends and then a lot more like blob tight ends to the point where um, there are probably like 15, 16 tight ends every week where you're like, okay, you know, I feel decent about starting this guy. Like I had Zach Ertz on my roster for the last three weeks. I cut him for Dan Arnold. He was free and clear in in my league, my home league. Dan Arnold was. So it's like, right. You know, yeah. I mean, you're looking at like, I'd be comfortable starting all of the top 16 guys. Yeah. That I have in my rankings. I have Tyler Conklin at 16, but he's still, he's getting at least five targets every week and the chargers are a good matchup for tight ends. So I mean, I'm considering putting him in my flex in my home league because I just don't, I have a lot of, you know, I have guys on buys and I don't really have a whole lot of great options there. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I've I've got trust in a lot of different players. And even behind, beyond that, I mean, the next four guys I've got here, Ertz, Higby, Cook, and Henry, those are all playable guys in the right matchup. So yeah. I mean, to have to have like 20 tight ends that on a given week you can play fairly comfortably is not something we've had in a long, long time at the tight end position. Probably since like guys like Vernon Davis and Antonio Gates were still at the height of their powers. Back when I had to petition my league to turn our wide receiver running back flex spot into a wide receiver running back tight end flex spot because I had Vernon Davis and Aaron Hernandez. Ah, (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's good. I mean, the, the tight end situation is better. We've had a lot of guys kind of break out, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, guys like Dalton Schultz, Dawson Knox, Dan Arnold. And then you've got guys who are, you know, just younger players who are being drafted who are good, you know, Hawkinson, Fant. And then, you know, with Pitts and Fryermuth, these are just good players and they're going to be good for a long time. So I, it's tight end isn't a wasteland anymore i would say yeah and i mean in the short the short term too like even uh like mike Asiki isn't that old he just turned 26 so right. he's still got yeah. three or four more years in it and he's been it feels like he's been in the league for forever yeah i think this is his fourth season yeah so um definitely a good time to be a tight end aficionado a, a fan of tight ends so um who i'm a fan was, of tight ends hey oh that's right sir but all right, who was your sneaky start this week? Uh, it's sneaky. hard because we kind of talked about a lot of guys who could be considered sneaky starts. Yeah, I'll mention Ricky Seals Jones. Okay, 15 um, against Tampa Bay. Washington was on bye last week, so I think a lot of people might be forgetting about Seals Jones, but he's been pretty solid. He's basically okay. just been exactly what Logan Thomas was, which is like a back end tight end one type guy. Um, Tampa's a good matchup. Really, the only reason why he's not higher is because it's just a good tight end week. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it, Seals Jones could definitely end up having a top 12 tight end week. Um, perfectly good streamer. Okay, and then who was your tough sit this week? Uh, I'll go with Zach Ertz on that one. Um, I just, his volume is very stable at like four or five targets. This is yeah. what he gets in this Arizona offense. And against a good Carolina defense, I don't see that 
like bearing fruit into much. He's probably not going to score a touchdown. He's probably going to finish with like three for 30. And so I just, I, I would look, you know, you can find a guy just sitting on waivers. Who's going to give you more than that. You can just pick up, pick up seals Jones or Dan uh, Arnold. That's what or I do. Arnold or Tyler yeah. Conklin and play yeah. them instead. Yeah. Dan Arnold rostered in, I think like, hold on. I can check because he's on my fantasy team. So I can 30% just tell you probably, I would guess uh, 15. Wow. That's we've reached. Yeah. yeah. We've reached the breaking point where a lot of teams have given up, so a lot of roster uh, percentages are a lot lower than you think they would be. That's true, yeah. I, I have noticed that. Like, in our league, we have a couple of guys who just, like, aren't even doing it their lineups anymore because they're, like, one in seven or something. Yeah, and so you figure this is something that happens every year. It gets harder and harder and harder to do the writing, and then there's a break point where nobody picks up anybody anymore. So all the, like, sub-50% guys are a lot easier to find because, like, you figure the guys that are still paying attention are the guys with Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, Gasicki, Hawkinson, Pitts. That's, like, half the league. Or guys who picked up Schultz, Dawson Knox. They're not looking for Dan Arnold. They already have their guys. So, right, because, um, like, in, in my like in Scott Fishbowl, my tight end is Schultz. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in our league, my tight end is Schultz now. And uh, <laughs> I'd like to remind everyone that uh, Jeff traded me Dalton Schultz for Brandon Ayuk. Hey, how did Brandon Ayuk do last week? He was good. He was good. How Except did Dalton Schultz do last week? I probably... Not he had a lot of targets and didn't really do anything with it. I think. I don't. Yeah, I, I'm pretty he like sure. Seven. He had like seven targets and then he had like three catches for thirty yards or something. He wasn't. He wasn't very good. Um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> you should see the face. Right now. Ridiculous. But uh, yeah. And then in my in my home league, I uh, I have Kittle, but he was hurt, so. I just ran through a bunch of guys. I played Evan Engram for a week. I played Cole Komet for a week. It was it was bad. We were we were were deep in the darkness. Um, But then I flipped Salvin Ahmed for Tyler Conklin. Oh wow! Figured it out. That's an even better uh, trade than the the one that you uh, told me about, or the one that you were giving me crap for. Which so far, victory, Jeff. What? Yeah. Brandon Ayuk had a good week. Yeah, but I've had Schultz for like four weeks now. Has it been that? Did I snap that long ago? Three weeks, maybe. Good lord! All right, well, maybe it's a uh, Point Walker then. <laughs> nice voice crack, dog. <laughs> all right, uh, that'll do it. Uh, you can check out all of Walker's ranks on FootballObscurity.com. Once again, weekly ranks button at the top. You can check them out. When will you be updating these, Walker? Tomorrow. So Thursday, well today, because this is going up on Thursday morning. Yeah. So, so Thursday, so Thursday evening, I update them, and then they'll get a little touch up probably on like Saturday when I know more about injuries. Yeah, and uh, when Walker does update them, I do tweet out the that the updates have happened on the uh, football obsidian, football obsidian, yeah, football, football obsidian, a uh, football obsidian, the football absurdity twitter uh, which is at fball absurdity um so yeah thanks for listening uh we will be back on friday and take care and have a good one bye